that uh, we've gotten to know him like we have. Steve, uh, Steve has a, a, a pretty amazing history of coming from a really dark place, being radically turned around by the Lord, and uh, then going and doing all kinds of things uh, for, for the Lord all in the kingdom all over the place. He was on staff for years with Youth of the Mission in Salem. He went on staff then at Willamette Christian Center. And uh, just a, a few years ago, the Lord really had uh, uh, put it on his heart to become a full-time um, a, a full-time leader in the One Hope Network. And if you guys are new here, um, the One Hope Network is, is a wonderful community of, of pastors and leaders from around Lane County who have really bonded together to show Jesus' love to the community. And um, Steve has, has uh, spearheaded that and has just done a marvelous job at bringing together all kinds of people who wouldn't normally maybe come together because of denominational differences or things like that. It was going on before, but Steve has really taken it to, to a higher level. And uh, he, he, I'm just really privileged that even, you know, when he's on sabbatical, they come and hang out with us and trying to hide, and Pastor John still pulls him up on stage, which made me laugh big time a few weeks ago. Uh, but he's, he's a wonderful man of God, and he, he's... He, he sees things. I think he's a prophetic man who the Lord gives specific words to specific people. So I want to invite this man up in just a moment, and uh, just I want to ask you guys to open up your hearts, and let's do that first, okay? So Lord, right now, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come and you would prepare us for what you're about to speak through Steve. We just say we're ready, and we're willing to hear, and we're willing to receive. And I, I pray your anointing right now on Steve. I pray that you would fill him to overflowing in Jesus' name. So I want to welcome you, not only the director of the One Hope Network and one of the leaders of the body of Christ in Lane County, but also a two-time veteran of our video announcement segments. (laughs) Thank you very much. Pastor Steve Buss. Give him a Christ Center welcome. Well, good morning. Thank you. Um, that second video announcement, I, I, I just realized it a couple weeks ago. For those of you guys who remember it, it was like late night. We went to Krispy Kreme, and I had like two donuts. And we were just joking around because we filmed a video announcement the year before at Krispy Kreme because uh, we were up at a conference together. And so I was high on sugar. <laughs> and we were just joking around. You know, just filming stuff. I had no idea that actually was going to be used. And so I found out that that was, uh, that was actually used, and so I gave Jason a hard time about it. So anyway, so it's good to be real in the kingdom of God, huh? Yeah. So it's great to be here with you this morning. Uh, we, have some, we have some good work to do together uh, before we get to the message. Uh, typically, when I get to come to a place and uh, the senior leader is out and about on vacation or on assignment... I really like to pray with and engage the congregation to believe God for the senior pastor and his family. So in this case, we've got Pastor Joshua and Karen, and we've got Mercy and Autumn. And so what we're going to do, we're just going to take a couple minutes, and we're going to pray for them. We're going to pray for them, that God would bless them during this break, that they'd have a lot of joy, that they'd be protected, however the Holy Spirit leads you. But I want to do something a little bit different. And so I just want to invite you to stand. Go ahead and stand up. I know it's kind of tricky here. So, 
You know how oftentimes we pray for someone in proxy? In other words, you know, we're going to pray for Pastor Joshua, but Joshua isn't here, so someone stands in his stead and we pray. So I just want you to lay hands on somebody. You know, maybe you've got a friend or, you know, got a buddy or a spouse nearby. And I just want you to believe you're, you're laying hands on Joshua or you're laying hands on Karen or you're praying for mercy or you're praying for Autumn. All right? So what I'd like you to do in just a moment here, we're just going to pray all at the same time. Okay, we're going to pray all at the same time. I want you to pray out loud, out loud, at the same time. And I want you to intercede for your senior pastor and his family. I want you to believe God for everything that God wants to do in their lives, period, and, and, and everything God wants to do in their lives while they're on this break. Can we go there together? Can we bless them? All right. So you, in just a minute, I'm going to say pray. You guys pray, and then I'll, I'll pray over you guys here in a minute, and, and we'll just pray together. All right? Okay, let's pray for Pastor Joshua. Go for it. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father, we thank you for Pastor Joshua, for Karen, for Mercy, and for Autumn. Every good thing you want to do in and through their lives, refreshing them, encouraging them, bringing laughter to their souls. Lord, we pray that that would take place. Not only that, Lord, but we ask that you would meet them every day and they would meet you every day. That, God, in the Spirit, they would be strengthened. They would be refreshed. And, Lord, you are our refuge. And we pray, O oh God, that you would tuck them in that you would protect them all around them, that you would bring them home safely, that you protect them spiritually and physically. You protect them from any uh, hindering attack from the enemy, O oh God. We thank you for them. We bless them. We ask that you would refresh them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Go ahead and be seated. It's good to pray together. Amen. Well, again... I'm going completely atypical. I'm doing some things this morning I've never done before, and this, this is included. I have never prayed for the Pope publicly when I've led a service, and I would like to do, I'll pray this time, we won't take as much time, but um, uh, it's very interesting that this week uh, a new Pope was elected, I'm sure most of you are aware, I am not a Catholic, I am not in, uh, endorsing all Catholic theology at the moment, but I think this is very important for us as believers. And uh, the new Pope, Pope Francis, said some things this week that encouraged my heart. And he did some things this week that also encouraged my heart. The first thing he asked his fellow cardinals to do was to pray for him, which was good. So we're going we're gonna to join them and pray for him. But I want to read you what came out on the international news so that at least our hearts can align with our, I'm going to call him our brother. I'm going to call him our brother, okay? This is what some of what 
Our new pope, our new pope, pope, pope Francis said, I guess he's not our new pope. Okay, but, but listen, listen, listen to this. Addressing the cardinals in the Sistine Chapel the day after he was elected, he said, the church should be more focused on the gospels of Jesus Christ. Quote, we can walk all we want. We can build many things. But if we don't proclaim Jesus Christ, something is wrong. We would become a compassionate NGO and not a church, which is the bride of Christ, he said. Sounds like a brother to me, all right? I'm going to go ahead and keep reading. This is his words, the new pope. When we walk without the cross, when we build without the cross, when we proclaim Christ without the cross, we are not disciples of the Lord. We are worldly He told the massed ranks of cardinals clad in golden vestments. We may be bishops, priests, cardinals, popes, all of this, but we are not disciples of the Lord, he added. That's good news for for our Catholic brothers and sisters. And so, will you join me? I'm just going to pray for a moment for this man who's just been elected in this very high position. Father, in Jesus' name, we agree with the words. We don't know all everything about this brother, but these words that were in the international news, we agree with. And so, Father, we pray for him, that you would strengthen him in the Holy Spirit, that the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ would be preeminent in his work, in his words, and in those who serve with him. Lord, that you would increase the power of the Holy Spirit in his life and in those that he serves with, and that, God, that you would pour out your mercy on our Catholic brothers and sisters all over the world as they heed these words to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ with the cross, that they would be disciples of the Lord Jesus. So, Lord, we lift this man and the Catholic Church before you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay, that's unique, all right? I'm trusting that we're doing good work this morning. I hope you're with me. Now, today is St. Patrick's Day. Anybody got some green on? I see some green all throughout here. Now, this is a special day for me, too, because, oh my goodness, 24 years ago today, I got engaged to my wife. Yes, that's a good thing. I know we still have some newlyweds kind of in the house. We have some veteran newlyweds in the house who I've talked to recently, and they're still recommending marriage, so that's a good thing. But 23 years ago today, I was engaged to my wife, and it was on St. Patrick's Day that I was engaged. And on that St. Patrick's Day, I actually learned who St. Patrick was. And I'm going to share that with you. Now, we just prayed for the Pope, so it's just kind of fitting a little bit. And it's also going to set us up for the message. I'm not just saying this just to tell you fine stories. This is purposeful. I'm sharing this because it's purposeful, because it's going to set us up for where we're going today. St. Patrick is also called the Apostle of Ireland. I fully believe from studying his life that St. Patrick, in fact, was an apostle. Apostle. Impossible apostle. He was apostle. 
Now, here's, here's the basic story of St. Patrick, for those of you who don't know. He lived in, in the Scotland area of, of Britain. And there was a raid in the village where he lived. And he was taken at the age of 16 over to the island of Ireland, where for six years he was a slave. So he was forced to learn a new language, new customs, and he was a slave there in Ireland. During that time, he came to know the Lord in a profound, profound way. He experienced the Holy Spirit. When you read his writings, there's only two known writings that uh, St. Patrick le left, and one, one that's about his life is called The Confessio of St. Patrick. I would encourage you to read it. It's an easy read. It's very quick. He kind of goes, goes over some of his life. But he's there, in, he's there in Ireland, six years of slave, and he gets a dream. He gets a dream, and the Lord tells him, be ready, because soon you will escape. Then weeks later, he gets another dream. Your ship is ready. Leave. So he leaves, and he travels 200 miles on foot across Ireland, and he gets on a ship. And then he goes back over to Britain. And then he's got a 28-day journey. So he's still a young lad. What's he? He's 22 years old. This is St. This, this is Patrick. Okay, He lived, he was born in 390 A.D. He died in 460 A.D. So this is like over 1,500 years ago. So obviously this is after the Apostle Paul. But, but anyway, let me tell you what happened. So they reached land, and he's still making it back to his homeland, all right? For 28 days we journeyed through uninhabited country, and the food ran out, and hunger overtook the whole group. One day the steersman, that must be the leader, began saying, he's talking to Patrick, Why is it, Christian, you say your God is great and all-powerful? Then why can you not pray for us, for we may perish of hunger? It is unlikely indeed that we shall ever see another human being. Then, in fact, I said to them confidently, Be converted by faith with all your heart to my Lord God, because nothing is impossible for Him, so that today He will send food for you on your road, and you will be satiated, because everywhere He abounds. So this is what Patrick is saying to these guys. They're traveling across the country. They're starving. And this is what happens. And with God's help, this came to pass. And behold, a herd of swine appeared on the road before our eyes. And they slew many of them and remained there for two nights. And they were full of their meat and well restored. For many of them had fainted and would otherwise have been left half dead by the wayside. And after this, they gave the utmost thanks to God. And I was esteemed in their eyes. And from that day, they had food abundantly. So that was just his journey back. So Patrick makes it back to his homeland. He's made a commitment to serve the Lord. He goes into training, and he's being trained to be a priest. Now, back then, the Catholic Church was totally different than it is now. It was the church. It was the early church, okay? And then Patrick has another dream. And in the dream, there's a young man that he knew back in Ireland standing in front of him, and he's holding a bunch of letters. And the first letter 
that he gives to Patrick says the voice of the Irish. And Patrick looks at that letter and he hears multitudes of voices calling out, Come help us, O youth, and show us the ways of God. Patrick concludes that he's called to go to Ireland. So he goes back to the very place where he was enslaved. I don't have time to go into the details of his story, but he baptized thousands of people. He went to a place that worshipped demons. He went to a place that observed human sacrifices. He went to a place that warred all the time. And thousands of people he baptized. He started hundreds of churches, and it was his custom to set up a school next to those churches. Multitudes came to know the Lord, and that entire region of Ireland was completely transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ through St. Patrick. He was an apostle. And today we celebrate his life. Today is actually the day that he died. March 17th. It was recorded as the day that he died. So that's who St. Patrick was. And so in the spirit of God... In the grace of St. Patrick, I come to you today. Can we together believe the Lord for the transformation of our community by the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? Can we today believe God for the transformation of our community by the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? I say that we can. And I'm praying that the same grace that rested on Patrick would not come upon me or Pastor Joshua or individual pastors, but the grace that rested on Patrick would come upon the body of Christ in this community so that together we can reflect the Lord Jesus in an undisputable way. So, So, the message today is going to be ultra- Sunday school simple. All right? Very, very simple. And I want it to be simple for me and all of us because this gospel that Patrick preached until he died is the same gospel. Listen to me. The gospel over time hasn't changed. And it is the only thing that changes people's lives forever. So today, we are going to be reminded about the gospel. We're going to be talking about both our foundation. The gospel is our foundation, and it's our future. It's the fundamentals of our Christian faith, and it's the fulfillment. You know, we're going to be one day before the throne in front of the Lamb, worshiping Him. So this gospel truth can never grow old. I was with a friend this week, a good friend, mature in the Lord, knows the scriptures, intercedes. Last week, my friend had an opportunity to be in a meeting where someone made a commitment to the Lord Jesus. And my friend was asked to lead them, lead them. To the, I mean, they've already made a commitment, but just lead them in, in praying a sinner's prayer and, and establishing them. And my friend hadn't done this for a long time. And, and they're like, oh, I was like rusty. And, and they were almost confounded that they were so rusty. 
So today, we're going to talk about the gospel. The gospel. That you and I aren't rusty with the gospel. You know, we're coming up on Easter. And we got Good Friday and we got Easter. It's like gospel weekend. It's like gospel weekend. That's what it is. It's gospel weekend. And I'm praying that myself and you, we get so inflamed by the Holy Spirit for the sake of the gospel today that we leave here assured of our salvation and we are going to share our salvation. That is the intent of today. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And verse 3. We're going to look at verse 3 and verse 4. I'm actually going to read verses 1 and 2, but we're going to focus in on verse 3 and 4. Now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you've received and you've taken your stand. So today I'm reminding you of the gospel with the scripture. By this gospel you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you've believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. I'm going to read that again. For... What I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Is that clear? Are you clear with that? Okay. Sunday school simple. Many of you have been learning this all your lives. And many of you, along with me, feel at times quite impotent in our practice and ability to communicate this to people who don't know Christ. How many people have felt, you don't have to raise your hand, I'll raise mine, impotent, weak, and frustrated at our inability to communicate this gospel And I'm praying for myself and for us here in this room and for believers in our community that that would change. God, help us. Because this message is very, very simple. And this message is the eternal life-changing message that we have been entrusted with. If people in our community are going to get the gospel, they're going to get it from us. So let's be reminded of this gospel today. The first thing I want to remind us of is our need for the gospel. What is our condition apart from the gospel? What is the condition of every human life apart from the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? It's bad. And it's good. See, because every human being has a sin nature. Every human being is made in the image of God. Right? Right? So we've got the image of God, and that's good. And we, we're, we're marred by sin because Adam sinned and messed it up for all of us. So we've got both of it in us, good and bad. Sin and the image. 
living simultaneously. Sounds like a messed up program, and it is messed up. Yesterday was March 16th, right? The third month, 16th day, 316. I saw this thing on Facebook yesterday. It's like International John 316 Day, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So Jesus is here to save, not to condemn. But verse 18 and 19 are very, very important. I'm reading verse 18, and I'm actually going to go to verse 36 here in John 3. Jesus goes on to say, right after, but to save the world through him, he says, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. So, if someone doesn't believe in Jesus, Jesus says, Jesus says that that person stands condemned. Now, in verse 36, we've got a John the Baptist giving testimony on who Jesus is. And John the Baptist says a similar concept. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Same thing. In essence, Jesus is saying, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. So there in John 3, we have John the Baptist saying, just like Jesus, if you believe in him, you've got eternal life. If you reject the Son, then God's wrath is on you. Jesus says, if you don't believe then you're conde- you stand condemned. So apart from Christ, every human being is standing condemned in the eyes of God. Apart from Jesus Christ, every human being still has the wrath of God on their lives. It's a mess. Before God, we are not clean. We are not made new. We need something to satisfy the justice of God. And it is the pure sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Nothing else can take away the condemnation and nothing else can take away the wrath of God except for Christ's atonement. So our condition is desperate. We can't save ourselves. The law doesn't work. There's not enough religious works that we can accomplish to satisfy God. Romans 1.8, the wrath of God is being revealed, 1.18, forgive me, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. God's wrath is still being poured out. There might be beautiful people who don't know Jesus that are your family members like mine. There might be beautiful neighbors of yours who don't know Jesus. They do good works. They're good neighbors. They're even your friends. But before God, they stand condemned. In eternity sight, the wrath of God is still being poured out on your life. This is the truth. This is not a lie. Apart from Jesus, we're in that difficult place. We're in that eternally damned place. Galatians 3.22 says this. Scripture declares that the whole world is a prisoner of sin. 
Scripture declares that the whole world is a prisoner of sin. So not only are we condemned and is, and is there wrath, but we're in a prison. We're locked up in a cell of sin that we can't take care of and we can't get out of. I want to read to you uh, some words from a song. It's from a band called Switchfoot. They're, they're actually my favorite band, and they do a great job, in my opinion, communicating Bible truths in ways that the world can kind of touch kingdom principles. And they often talk about the difficulties within every human being, and those difficulties being sin, but they're not using Christianese or Christian words. And there's a song called The War Inside, this prison of sin, this war that we all struggle. Here's some of the the words. Age don't matter, like race don't matter, like place don't matter. Like what's inside. Yeah, it's where the fight begins. Yeah, underneath the skin. Between these hopes and where we've been, every fight comes from the fight within. Does that sound like sin? I really, I really love this song, and I rejoice in it, and it's talking about sin. Why? Because it's telling the truth of the condition of every person. It's telling the truth of the condition of every person. I'm going to keep reading. I am the war inside. I am the battle line. I am the rising tide. I am the war I fight. Eyes open, open wide. I can feel like a crack in my spine. I can feel like the back of my mind. I am the war inside. We're a prisoner of sin. The condition of every person is that condition. I'm going to keep reading. I get the feeling that we're living in sci-fi. I get the feeling that our weapons are lo-fi. Ain't no killer like pride. No killer like I. No killer like what's inside. Yeah, it's in the air we breathe. Yeah, it's in the blood we bleed. Beneath these dreams and what we've seen, we are the kids of the in-between. We're stuck. There's a war inside. There's sin, there's wrath, there's condemnation. The condition of every human being is that condition. And it's desperate. And we have the solution. We have the gospel. The gospel is the power of God unto the salvation of everyone who believes. You and I have the power of God in the gospel. It is the sozo. It is the wholeness-bringing, rescuing, saving power of God. And the gospel is Jesus died for our sins, He was buried, and on the third day He rose again. We have got the power of the gospel, and we take it in the power of the Holy Spirit to people who are in the condition that we were in. And apart from receiving this gospel, they're going to stay in that condition. My dad doesn't know Jesus yet. And I've had many talks with my dad, and I pray all the time for my dad. I want to see my daddy, and I'm going to believe I'm going to see my daddy come to know Jesus, and I'm going to get to worship with him in heaven. I'm looking forward to worshiping him with him on earth, but I'm really looking forward to worshiping with him in heaven. 
I'm believing for my dad to come to know Christ and to follow Jesus and actually give testimony to other people. I'm believing. I've prayed for him. I've prayed for him. I've talked to him. I've talked to him. I want to share the gospel again with my dad. I want to share the gospel with my neighbors. I want to share the gospel when I'm at Costco. I want to share the gospel when I'm walking in the streets. I want to be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit than my stomach. I want to be more aware of the eternal condition of my neighbor than the condition of my yard on a Saturday when I've got a project day. God help me. God help us. Because we have the gospel. We have the gospel. And I'm asking you right now before the Lord to consider your heart, your thinking patterns, and your practice with me. Are we gospel bearers? Do we stand in that place with the solution of salvation, with the power of the gospel to people that we come across every day? I know it's hard. I know there are times when we feel impotent and frustrated. But I believe this gospel is true. Just like it came on Patrick and he went back to the very place that where he was persecuted and served as a slave. And God anointed him with power in the Holy Spirit and the whole region transformed. God doesn't need our money. God needs our hearts. And so I'm believing with you for God to transform us. And I'm sharing this as a prepare the way for Gospel Weekend, for Easter let this be or prepare the way for Easter Sunday, for Easter weekend. Let this gospel message get inside of us. We want to pray for the sick. We want to preach the word of God. We want to see the power of the Holy Spirit come. But the gospel that Jesus died for the sins of all mankind, that he rose again to bring new life, that this message must be on our lips it must be on our lips. It must be in our hearts. We must be ready to share it. We must be ready to pray for people. Yeah. Are you praying for people to come to church on Easter Sunday? Because they'll come on Easter, but they won't come normally. Who can you be praying for to come on Easter? Who can you be believing God to share with? Maybe you've had one conversation with Him. Or maybe there's someone that you've known for a long time that you've never had one conversation yet with. And it's time just to share the gospel. You don't have to win them to Christ. You just need to share the gospel. Because the gospel's the power, not you. The Holy Spirit's the power, not you. God put us in that place to bear witness of what Jesus did for us because he has done it for us. We've tasted. We've seen. We've experienced forgiveness of sins. We've, we've tasted eternal life in worship and God answering our prayers. And we want to see God do that in the lives of people around us. We bring the solution of eternal life into people's lives. Well, in closing here, I'm going to read another portion of Scripture and then I'm going to close with some final words from St. Patrick. And then we're going to pray together. Galatians 3, before this faith came, we were held prisoners by the law, 
locked up until faith should be revealed. So the law was put in charge to lead us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. Romans 3, this righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by His grace that came through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. That's the solution. It's Sunday school simple. We know it. We live it. None of us are perfect, but we live it. We live in relationship with Jesus. You have a life-giving church. You know the truth. You're walking in freedom. Let's share the gospel. Let me read these words. This is Patrick's words. Apostle Patrick. According, therefore, to the measure of one's faith in the Trinity, one should proceed without holding back from danger to make known the gift of God and everlasting consolation, to spread God's name everywhere with confidence and without fear. Let's be like Patrick. Let's be who God called us to be. And let's bring the message of the gospel everywhere we go. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, with my friends I stand before you in myself impotent, in much of my experience frustrated. But Lord, I stand before you with an open heart. And because Jesus died to cleanse me of my sin, because he rose again and brought new resurrection life to me, I get to be in eternity, even right now. And Lord, with my friends, I'm saying, baptize us in power. Change our thinking. Change our practice. Help us, each one, to open our mouths with the simplicity of the gospel. That your power that's in the gospel and the power of your Holy Spirit would take over where our simple words just remain simple. And so God, come upon us. Come upon us in the Holy Spirit right now. Just open up your heart. Maybe put out your hands. Holy Spirit, come upon us now. Help us, Lord, to be ambassadors. Help us, to, help us to be a friend of sinners, just like Jesus. Lord, the healthy don't need a doctor. The sick do. Lord, send us to where people are sick, just to go love on them and to say simple gospel words to them. And Lord, heal them and touch them. Lord, per- perform miracles, just as you, just as you answered Patrick's bold statement and those people found food immediately. God, move upon us. Move upon us, Lord. Answer our prayers. Do signs and wonders. Heal people's bodies as we share the gospel. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Let's just wait a moment before the Lord.
I honestly believe that God will strongly support you when you step out this way. Don't worry about your words. Just say it. Just love somebody by saying the truth of the gospel. Love somebody by saying the truth of the gospel. And God will strongly support you. God will strongly support his message in their lives. If there are some some here today that have yet to make that commitment to follow Jesus, to believe that Jesus died for your sins to take your sins away, to believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, if you're here today and you have yet to make that commitment to follow Jesus, you don't have eternal life. That condition of the wrath of God and being condemned and being locked up as a prisoner of sin, if you are in that place today, I want to make an invitation to you that you can come to know Jesus today. You could come into eternal life today to be set free from your prison, to have the wrath of God removed and condemnation become irrelevant in your life. If you're in that place today, I'm going to ask you to be bold and just raise your hand. We want to pray for you. Is there anyone here today that in boldness would raise their hand? Say, I want to make a commitment to follow the Lord Jesus. Is there anyone today that would do that? Well, I'm trusting that everyone in this room, then therefore, knows the Lord Jesus. Jason, why don't you come up? And I just want to pray briefly one more time. Heavenly Father, we're just asking for a sweet spirit to come upon us. A sweetness in the gospel. A sweetness to be like Jesus. Thank you for this congregation, Lord. Thank you for this family of believers that loves you and holds to your truth. Father, help us to go out and reach people with your gospel. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Isn't that great? Amen. Thank you, Steve. Mm -hmm.